welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Today, you are stuck with me, Isaac Edlin, as your host, and I have two fellow Infinity Bros with me. The first, and I'm introducing him first, which usually doesn't happen, is our good friend, the Infinity guest, Zane. I I don't even know what to say. You actually introduced me first, so it's really throwing off my rhythm here. I'm switching things up today. I'm I'm really I'm really shaking things up. So I like your style. <laughs> and I am introducing the latter later because he is our resident Moon Knight expert. It is Jared Curtis. Uh hello. I was gonna say, is that really a thing? Do we not introduce Zane first ever? No. Yeah, honestly, why? everyone that I've been on, we always introduce them last. I'm not sure why, but... It's the bit. Subconsciously, we're like, you know what? It's he, the bit. He's got to go last. All right. That's kind of sad. Hey, Zane, you're first in my oh, heart. Oh, thanks, Jared. Zane, that's that's why I wanted to get you in on the action right away, because I know you're just itching. You're just itching to chat about Halo and about... Moon Knight, so that's why I wanted to get That's you fair. In. You know, I respect that about you, Isaac. Max would never. <laughs> he, he would never. He wouldn't even right. consider he, he wouldn't have the audacity to call on Zane first, and he absolutely would not have the audacity to admit that Zane is probably on as many episodes as he is on the Infinity Bros. It's, ca- it's cowardice, really. It, pretty much, yeah. yeah. It really is. Yeah. Very maidenless behavior. <laughs> maidenless behavior. <laughs> there it is. It was. I, I feel like that's going to be coming up more and more in in our podcast episodes, calling people maidenless. So I'm glad you pulled that out because it's exactly what Max is. I'm speaking of that, guys. I after this podcast episode, I'm hoping to dive into Elden Ring a little bit more. My second go around, I've only got a couple hours into the game, but uh, I'm hoping to dive deep into that black hole that you guys are already sucked Showing into. Us. So. Join us. Join us. <laughs> you guys can't see him, but he's in his dark Sith lair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like beckoning to me with this <laughs> evil grin on. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But um, three of the six Infinity Bros, that's like not even including me, have already been sucked into the Elden Ring uh, black hole. And uh, there's about to be a, a majority of the Infinity Bros after after I also jump in. So I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in some sort of like fever dream, and I'm just gonna wake <laughs> up from it someday. Because we got we got a Hawkeye TV series, we got a Moon Knight TV series. You guys are playing Souls games. <laughs> like I feel like I'm in a coma, and somebody's gonna pinch me, and it's all gonna be a Jared. Dream. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Um, even up to day of release, I was firmly in my head decided that I'm not getting this game. Oh yeah. Like what really convinced me was Zane and Robbie who for those of you infinity bros fans um, have been listening. They have never played souls games before, or I think Robbie said he had like way back in the day, but you know, they're not souls fans, but they are sold on Elden ring. And I was like, if these guys can enjoy this game, then I, I think there's something in it for me too. So, and and Jarrett, we all know, is a filthy degenerate and <laughs> and is deep into the Souls games. So, um, so yeah, that's that's what we have to say about that. But you're not here to talk about Elden Ring, probably. But you guys are probably not here to hear us talk about Elden Ring or yep. from software games. You're probably here to hear us talk about Halo and or Moon Knight which Jarrett is very excited to talk about. So we're going to zoom through um, a little bit of a review of the Halo series first. Um, Episodes two and three are now out on Paramount Plus, and then we will give a full spoiler review of Moon Knight episode two, which is also on Disney Plus. So first off, guys, Halo, I know um, Jarrett has just seen the first episode. Zane and I are fully fluent in episodes one, two, and three. And if you guys go back to episode 111 of the Infinity Bros podcast, you can hear our full spoiler review 
of episode one of of the Halo show, which we also had uh, Mike and Cicero from the 90s First podcast on for. So uh, that was a great discussion. Make sure you guys go check that out. Um, but we, we are kind of catching up on episodes two and three of Halo. So I'm going to go ahead with you, Zane. I'm, we're kind of going to group them together. So um, we're going to kind of zoom through this a little bit so we can kind of get to the meat of Moon Knight. Uh, but uh, Jarrett, I know you had already kind of given your thoughts on episode one. Um, just give us a quick, like, what are you expecting from the show? I know you kind of had a little bit of a negative um, connotation with that first episode of like, you know, Master Chief. I mean, that the big thing is he took his helmet off in the first episode and Robbie especially has been pretty, pretty upset about that. So what is your thoughts going forward with the Halo uh, series? Yeah. So, and to be clear, I made it halfway through episode two. um, And I was hoping that some of the critiques I had would get better. I've heard episode three knocks all that out of the water. So I'm excited to find out, but I'm like, I think I'm 30 minutes into episode two and he's worn his helmet all of like two minutes. He puts it on to move the truck and then takes it off like right away afterwards. And I'm like, that seems a little unnecessary, but okay. Um, I I know people love this and I don't want to dunk on them. If this is for you, fine. I'm a huge Halo fan. I've played all of the games except for Infinite and 5, including Halo Wars, right? I love Halo, read all the books, read all the comics. This is not clicking with me at all. Uh, like, it's it's okay to some degree, but I'm not enjoying it. And to me, I was trying to put my finger on what it felt like. I was really excited for Inhumans, the TV series. This feels like that quality level of production. And I don't know what it is that's doing that for me, but I cannot click with this at all. I'm still going to write it out and see if it gets better, but like... I can see how bad the CGI is. And the more I look at it, the more I can't unsee it. And the writing feels two-dimensional to me. And I want it to feel more full-bodied. And I'm just not getting that. And maybe maybe like a massive shift happens in episode three and I'm just not being fair with this. Pilots are generally pretty bad and they tend to get better. So I don't know. I'm going to write it out and just cross my fingers that it gets better. The story's okay. Some of the writing needs work. Gotcha. So what rating would you give this uh, so far in your 1.5 episodes? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sitting at like a two out of six. Oh, uh, and maybe okay. like my expectations are too high for Halo. But yeah, I'm sitting at two out of six mm-hmm. right now. So for those of you guys who don't know our rating system, we rate things out of six here on the Infinity Bros podcast. We'll play that bumper right here because I cannot go an episode of the Infinity Bros podcast without forgetting all of these bumpers that we're supposed to play. Uh, We're also going to be spoiling Halo, probably episodes one through three and Moon Knight. So we'll go ahead and play that spoiler bumper right here. So yeah, Jarrett and Robbie are kind of, you guys are kind of aligned, kind of in the same wavelength from everything that we've heard from Robbie. Uh, He wanted to be on tonight, but he is a weak boy and only got three <laughs> hours of sleep last night. So he's a fragile. <laughs> Zane lad. and I are over here like three hours. We slept in and we got three yeah. hours, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a little more a soft boy than, than Zane and I are. So, um, so he is not here tonight, but, um, you can check him out on Twitter and rant to him about how you also think, uh, this series is stupid so far because of how much Master Chief has taken off his helmet. But let's get into a slightly more positive review. Zane, what are your thoughts on episodes one through three of Halo? Well, uh, it's definitely on the opposite side of the spectrum is what <laughs> Jarrett's had. Um, again, still <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, you're special, Jarrett. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> uh, um, again, huge fan of everything halo especially when i was younger you know the books comics like just entire everything with the halo lore um i've actually been really enjoying it i mean the first episode was like okay trying to kind of figure out what was going on and then the second episode kind of got a little more backstory on stuff this third episode is without a doubt the best episode so far like i I said that earlier and i think isaac you agreed with that that this third episode is like it's like all right i can kind of see more of what they're going for but um, there are like differences. There are things that I'm like, Hey, this is 
I guess, an interesting choice. Like, hey, yeah, Master Chief's not wearing his helmet a lot. I mean, yeah, you can pull stuff from the books and everything else of like, ah, yeah, I mean, they're still Spartans. They take their armor off. They take their helmet off, everything else. But, and I understand there's validity in, oh, I don't want Master Chief to do that. But the complaints or the things I've seen that are like, huh, this is an interesting choice. It still fits in the confines of the story that they're trying to present and tell. So, to me, it's more like, all right, this is its its own universe. Like it's legit called, I believe it's called the Silver Timeline. Even the the showrunners even said we don't want to, you know, do everything necessarily. You have the canon from the games and the books. We're just we want to tell our own story on stuff. And yeah, I understand. Like, hey, you should probably have played the Halo games. Like that probably didn't win a lot of fans over and different things like that. But at the same time, I think there is some merit to have someone coming in with a fresh look on things. I mean, yeah, you always want, oh yeah, someone who can respect material and everything they're coming from, but I think they're also coming in with some new ideas, and I think there are some things that they're doing that it's almost like combining stuff from the books with the games. Yeah, obviously it's not exactly the same, and yeah, if you still want the story of the books and the games, that's still there. But I think they're kind of blending stuff together. And I'm interested because I want to see exactly how sure. in-depth stuff and they're going to And to your go. credit, like, we talked about Witcher at length. And that's one we constantly praise on the podcast. And they did exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, they respected the source material enough to keep the core things the core things. But it was very different from The Witcher 3. Um, and I think, yeah, you make a very good point. And so that's why I'm like, okay, I, I'm giving more credence. And yeah, especially after the last episode... Like I said, I, I think I, I'm interested to hear what Jared's opinion on that, because I, I wasn't hating on the first two episodes, but I was like, OK, like this is still it's rather enjoyable. But I think I was like, like, I think I was kind of thinking about it. The, the first episode. Yeah, I'd maybe give it like a three and a half, three and a half, four kind of in there. And same for the second episode. The third episode is five, five and a half to me. Like it jumps way up. And I'm just like, if they can continue that through this, and obviously it's one episode, like four, it could go back down. I don't know how the, it's being written, but I find some positivity in the fact that every episode, it, it's growing. It's piquing my interest. It's getting more of like, okay, you're doing this. You're adding more concepts to it. And part of it is just of from the lore, I'm like, okay, how are you going to incorporate this? Because like, I have my own ideas of what they can do or, or are they going to do this? And granted it's not as versus like someone else who's maybe only played the games, but like there's still so much that they can do to tie stuff into the books that it's going to be a little different, but it could still totally work because they're setting the outer, they're setting like the outer boundaries of the story and they're still working in those boundaries. And, and to me, that makes it easier to kind of accept, oh, they're doing this a little different, yeah. but it still works for the story to they're be telling. said that just the the media um, saturation that we have these days, us as fans, like I feel like fans are just getting more and more savage when it comes to these types of shows. Like we're we're expecting something and we're making this headcanon of what it should be like, and then it's just immediately the second it comes out and it's different from what we thought it was going to be. So many fans immediately turn on it and they're like, this is stupid. I don't like this. Uh, it's not the way I wanted it to be. And they don't give it a chance because it's already different from what they thought it was going to be. And like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like back when the prequels were coming out for star Wars, I did not care what, what was coming out. We were getting more Star Wars, and that's all I cared about. I was so pumped to see Episode 2, Episode 3. And at the time, I was like, these are amazing. These are awesome. And, of course, now I look back on them. I'm like, oh, yeah, these were not the greatest things ever created. But, uh, I mean, we were just so pumped to get anything. We were so thrilled that we're getting something from the franchises that we love. And nowadays, it's, it seems like it's... It's, I don't know, I don't know if it's oversaturation. I don't know if it's the internet is just making fans more toxic. Like, I don't really know what the source of that is. We were talking but, to J-Buck um, today too. And like, he he made a tweet about this where he got like 10 death threats from Moon Knight fans. I'm the, I'm the biggest Moon Knight fan I've ever met. I've never wanted it's, to it's ridiculous. even say a bad word yeah, about the exactly. guy. And like, 
yeah, we have fans just tearing each other apart over this stuff. That's why I say like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not clicking with the Halo series, right? It's maybe not for me, but at the end of the day, like I'm gassed up that you guys are enjoying it as much as you are. And I think that idea of like, and we've talked about it. Everybody's talked about it at length, but like the fact that these fandoms that are supposedly so positive about these experiences are willing to like send bodily threats of bodily harm at people is just so it's disgusting. Wild. Yeah. Like absolutely it's unnecessary. Wild. Yeah. Ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand how any sane person can sit here. Cause you can bet that if you were face to face with that person, there's absolutely no way they'd be making those types of comments. I don't know, dude. People are pretty unhinged nowadays. <laughs> That's just, it's just wild. Well, well, even still just, well, even from the basis of, yeah, you put it in a face-to-face argument of just like, okay, you're going to argue this, but like you guys realize you're <laughs> arguing over a fictional character. Like, yes. This person doesn't exist, nor have they ever exist. Like, it's just like, is this really what we're fighting over? Right. Like, and, it, you know, like we as nerds, obviously we get passionate about things. Like that's what this whole podcast is about. Us being passionate about our nerdy, you know, TV shows, movies, games, like that kind of stuff. But you're crossing a line when it comes to like threatening bodily harm to somebody because of an opinion of a fictional character. You know, it's just, it's just wild out there. Well, hold on though. Cause I did, I did mail Mark a flintlock pistol and him and I are going to duel over his takes about the goofy. That's movie. true. So yes. Like, yes. Are you saying I should not yeah, do that? We or? all threatened Mark with bodily harm when he suggested that yes. Morbius <laughs> was was better than the Goofy movie. So I actually understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, but that a five on one duel is not going to be fair for Mark. So uh, we need to we need to come to some <laughs> other agreement for that one. <laughs> But just let it be said, the rules of engagement, once he grabs the flintlock pistol, the duel is on. Right, he, right. There, we'll no one can back out. We'll no one can back terms, out. Uh, a little bit later. <laughs> but um, so for me, I, I come at this from a little bit different angle from you guys. I've played some of the Halo games and I've beat probably like two of them, I think. Like I've played probably three, four of them. And I'm not like super deep into the Halo lore. So it's a little different for me. And I I think that's honestly helped me enjoy the series more because I don't, I don't know what people are. So I, I get the Master Chief helmet thing. Like I totally understand where Robbie's coming from when he freaks out in chat about that. But um, for me, I'm just like sitting, I think I was telling Jarrett before we started recording this podcast, this is a good sci-fi show. If you if you stripped Halo and any of the branding of Halo out of this, I think it's a good sci-fi show. I'm really interested in, in the storyline right now. Um, and I will agree, uh, Jared, that some of the CGI stuff hasn't been like super amazing. It kind of looks like it's a video game in some parts still, which I don't know if they're like trying to do because it's a video game series hard. i think like, they're trying to do that i don't yeah. i don't i can't really tell where they're going with that but then other times it looks super realistic and super and, and great so it well to kind of go off that too like granted jared hasn't seen the third episode i also feel like part of their budget completely went to making cortana that's probably <laughs> true yeah cortana looks fantastic in that third episode and That's it's just awesome. like all right we gotta we gotta pull cgi all right we we use 90 percent of our budget on cortana oh crap we still gotta design everything else you know what would make this series for me if they just go all out on guilty spark if we get guilty spark and it's like the most high-res thing in the world i would love that <laughs> yeah so i oh, i think so from isaac just so sorry. i sorry go ahead i need your credentials okay which two games have you beat? Because um, if it's like I played, I beat Tactics Two and ODST. I think it was Halo Three <laughs> and um, Reach were the two that I beat. Oh, so okay. sure. And okay. I played, okay. I played Halo and Halo Two. I don't know if I've, I've, I probably have played enough of them to say that I've beat them, but I don't remember specifically beating them. So, so like I've played, I've played a decent amount of like the, for a casual gamer of Halo. So, um, and I, I've never really gotten it super into multiplayer. I didn't get it into multiplayer gaming even really until I was like in college and probably, I don't know, more modern warfare two or three or something like that. So not, I didn't play a ton of, of halo multiplayer either. So, so it's like, I have like the base minimal knowledge of halo basically. Like I, I know what's going, I know like the characters I know like about it, but I'm not like super invested in the lore. 
So, um, so I've been just enjoying it, honestly, as a sci-fi show. I, I, I think it's doing a great job. The score is really great and is catching me into these like super intense moments. That's what I've actually been most drawn to is like, the show is intense and I, I feel that. Um, I, I think I, you guys do have a point with the, the helmet thing. I don't think it needs to be off as much as he has it off, but like a, a large part of episode two and most of episode three, he doesn't have his armor on. So like, it makes sense in those right. moments to not have his helmet on. So that, I, I don't know. I feel like people are, are just reading in that too much. It's just, <laughs> I haven't even gotten that far. <laughs> I've seen more of that dude's face than they have the helmet. Well, I mean, part of that too, uh, granted it's just the disconnect from it. But part of the reason why so much of Bungie where there, you never saw the face and was always the helmet in the games is to give this idea that you are master chief. Yeah. Whereas you, you can't make a sh- TV show like that, you know? So th- there's some degree where you got to have some suspension of that. Cause it's like, like you can't make a t- necessarily make a TV show without someone showing their face. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, you have the Mandalorian true. I was going to say, we haven't seen a successful TV show where he wears a helmet and carries around an unwitting <laughs> child. Like. Yeah. Right. True. But it's just like, <laughs> as long as you still have the story supporting it, like, if Mandalorian didn't have the story to support not taking the helmet off, that would have been terrible. Like you still have to have the story that goes with the, that. Right. And you know. in the Mandalorian and in the Halo games, actually kind of what the stories are going for that mysterious aspect of like who master chief is, who the Mandalorian is right out of the gate. Episode one, we're getting memories from master chiefs, life so they're kind of like they're already bypassing the mystery aspect of it which granted i think that would be cool if we had like a mysterious aspect of it but we're diving deep into master chief right now and it just i don't know it doesn't make sense for him to always have his helmet on when we know who he is we know you know his memories you know i i I don't know i i feel like they're doing a fine job plus and the mandalorian granted did an amazing job like um, Pedro Pascal did, is it Pedro? Is that his name? Pascal did an amazing yeah. job of like acting like body language, um, acting emotion without seeing your face, but it's hard. It's difficult to see emotion when you can't see their face. And I don't know, like, I don't know Pablo Schreiber. He's the guy who plays master chief in the series. I don't know him as an actor, so I don't know if he'd be able to convey that emotion without, you know, taking his helmet off. But he's doing an okay job with the helmet off, I think. so. But I, it's something also a tenet of the Spartan that, like, you don't necessarily need that helmet on because even with something that all the Spartans have and what you saw in episode three, Spartans have the emotion-suppressing pellet in them. Like, even helmet on or off, they're basically supposed to be emotionless. And, like, everyone obviously, you know, jumping, oh, he's taking his helmet off, oh, he's doing all these weird things, like, this is what I mean by it sets up in the story. The reason why all this is happening is because he touched the artifact. Like everyone's like, Oh my goodness. That's sp- he would never give that girl his gun. And he literally, even in the first episode says, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's like, it, it's it. And that's, it ties into that story. He touched that artifact. Now I have my own theories of, of the stuff that's going on, but like he himself doesn't know why he's doing it. But even Halsey even says that in the first episode, there's something else going on. Why is he reacting this way when he touches the artifact and it's doing stuff to him and it's completely having that impact. And it's like, well, that the story just explained why he took his helmet off. The story explained why he's feeling things or having visions or, you know, having these memories when he shouldn't have them. It's like, it works in the story. Yeah. You can be mad. Oh, Master chief took his helmet off. He's not supposed to do this, but it's like the story's explaining so far, everything he's doing. My favorite episode or favorite moment in episode three actually was so Jarrett, sorry, spoilers. Um, Master chief takes out his, his pill that is restricting his emotions basically. And he's like, I gotta go basically check out what, what things feel like. So he goes out in the city and he's like seeing these people interacting and we see him smile for the first time in the series. And that moment was just like, oh, that is so cool. This dude is experiencing emotion basically for the first time in his life. And we get to see that moment f- on his face. Like, I-, I just thought that moment was was super cool. And obviously, if you had a helmet on, you don't get that moment. So, And like, I, 
I agree. I agree with you on that. Like that was a cool thing to see experiencing the emotion, but, and yeah, that's a total deviation from everything master chief is, but it fits in the story. And it also presents a further plot line down. Cause that was something I thought now further down the line, I feel like there's going to get a, some point where he has to make a decision to put that emotion suppressing pellet back in or yeah. not. Yeah. I, I definitely could see that. That could be a huge plot point. Like, yeah, it's different, obviously, but they're still doing stuff for the story and building the story. Because right, we've already seen, um, even in the, whatever, half an episode that he's had the pellet out, he's he's already kind of getting, like, emotionally overloaded at some moments. So, like, he right. def- that definitely could be a, a plot point, Zane. That's a the good point, that he could, he could be, like, at a point where he needs that to, like, just focus and do his job better basically. So that's a cool, it's a good point. I like that. Um, so I personally, the first two episodes I really enjoyed, I would rate them both uh 4.5 out of six. And this last episode, I'd give that a five out of six. I, I, in the words of Scott, Higa, this is a fine show. It's a fine show and I'm enjoying it. So, um, I, I don't think I, I don't have enough halo knowledge to like rain on my own parade. <laughs> I think that's what it really comes down to. So yeah, I, I think I'm just generally enjoying the show as a sci-fi show. Any other words that you guys want to say about the show before I move on to Moon Knight? Dude, you're going to love Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no, that one hurts. That Inhumans was a... See, oh. okay, now Jarrett, like, it, this is the first time I've heard you compare... <laughs> any show for that matter to inhumans but like you were also comparing it pre-show to the cw shows and oh man like i just that's too much for me dude like it's it's like the cw shows if the cw shows didn't have like the like cw shows forced like the teenage angst yeah right so much. exactly this writing fe- and like again you know hands on the table i i've only seen an episode and a half but like there's a point where he goes, where she goes, um, spoilers, by the way, for episode two. She goes, why did you save me? And he's like, what would you do if they were murdering an innocent child? And she's like, I think that was wrong. And he goes, me too. And I'm like, what? What is that dialogue? Like, I don't know. Like, I think there's a better way to write that. Well, right. But at the same time, too, if you don't do that, like, you also got to remember then he's an emotionless person then sure would an yeah. emotionless person have a ton of dialogue explaining yeah, the moral it, like that's what i'm saying like there's so yeah, much that it's it just is like, very hand wavy of like yeah he doesn't feel emotion so we're gonna make this the flattest <laughs> dullest writing ever. but she has right. emotion so like why isn't she talking like a human being <laughs> right I don't know. right i mean it's we'll not it's absolutely this. not a perfect show i will fully admit sure. that there's there's weird moments in it it is what it is i'm i'm enjoying it so I don't, and you can't, you can't change that no matter what you say, Jared. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> I'm glad you guys have it. <laughs> good. It's not good. for me. <laughs> well, keep watching it though. I feel like, I feel like it's going to get better because I feel like the story is building. Agreed. These first three episodes have been somewhat like expositional explaining like what's going on, like why Master Chief is kind of acting this way. So I feel like it's going to be building to something pretty good. I watched all of Runaways. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> buckling up to a really rough series. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Good, point. Good point. Well, speaking of the, I don't even, I was going to say Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Runaways doesn't really count in the Marvel Cinematic Universe unless. Which is good because we might be able to get Renzi Felice back and he is a phenomenal actor. But, but now that might all be changing because we've heard a ton of rumors of, um, uh, what's his name? Black Bolt from the uh, uh, Anton Mount. We've heard a ton of rumors that he could be in Multiverse of Madness as Black Bolt. I love him as an actor, but that series was so <laughs> I watched one episode and I was like, this is awful. I'm not it's I'm so not watching bad. the rest of this. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> so anyways, back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are going to be spoiling Moon Knight Episode 2. This is... Prepare yourself. And Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Man, this was just an incredible episode. And and uh, Jarrett, you're obviously our resident Moon Knight um, guy. So why don't can you? Would you? 
I didn't even prepare you for this, but would you would you have the honor of breaking down episode two for us? Oh, I, I feel like I got to look up a timeline so I don't mess this up. But it kicks off with where we left off with Layla and Steve trying to figure out what's... Oh, no, Layla wasn't even introduced yet. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Yeah, she was. She <laughs> was on the phone in at the end of episode one. So, like, we, we saw that she was calling. So, Steve wakes up in his bed. And it sort of gives you the implication that, like, maybe this was all a fever dream. Maybe none of this was real. Maybe he just had a bad trip or whatever. Uh, and he bolts for the door and immediately the shackles, you know, slam him into the ground. And he's thinking like, cool, fine, we're okay. Gets to work, uh, sees that the place is trashed and he realizes like, oh crap, there was some truth to this. So he approaches his friend, the security guard who doesn't know his name. I think he keeps calling him Scotty or whatever. <laughs> yep. And they show the footage back of the event that happened. And the whole time he's hyping him up like, man, you're going to see some crazy stuff. Uh, just wait for it. It'll happen any moment now. And we see Steve just freaking out, like no evidence that this jackal was real, no evidence of the fight, no evidence of Moon Knight. Um, and it begins to like pick out his sanity a little bit. And so he goes digging down, trying to figure out what's real, what's not real. Uh, and it ends up leading him to this security locker that he digs open and finds almost like a, a hideaway for, for Mark Spector. Um, inside the hideaway, he finds some MacGuffins. He finds, uh, these different IDs talking about who Mark Spector is, finally learns his name. And then he has an encounter with Khonshu. Uh, and it is jarring and very cool to see. I don't know how you guys felt about this one, but, um, how much of this do you want me to go through before we start? Well, I, ping let's, okay, let's pause there because there is, I mean, there's a lot to go over here. There's a lot to unpack. We start off with Stephen Grant again, which... I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this. The internet is split on Stephen Stephen Grant. Like, oh, yeah. The internet either loves him People are or mad. they hate him right yeah. now. Like it's kind of it's kind of both ways. But um so we start off with him. He doesn't know who Layla is, so he's kind of like freaking out that he got the call, all that stuff. So he goes, checks this out. Okay, this is something that you guys mentioned in the episode, I, I believe it's episode 112 of the Infinity Bros podcast, or, or episode one Moon Knight spoiler review. Uh, Max mentioned something that actually was pretty good insight. He asked you, what do you think is real? Like, do you think this any of this is in um, Steven's head, or do you think this is all real? And you actually mentioned in that episode that, that you thought that most of this is going to be real. And, and I... Through the first half of this episode, you you're you don't know because he's looking at these security cameras and there's nothing on there. And, you know, going back to episode one, this jackal who we see later in this episode as well is freaky. I don't know about you guys, but like this is actually one of the few moments in the MCU where I've been freaked out by a villain or, you know, a bad Thing. like it, it's like it's like thriller horror elements we're getting with this jackal so just directed back to you jared what do you think about the future of steven and mark now that we're seeing more of him is this all going to be reality because we obviously saw through the rest of episode two that all that stuff was real the um jackal was just invisible to normal humans so Expound on that a little bit more. Like, do you think this is going to be, uh, they are going to play on that like psychological element a little bit more, or are they going to go full like Egyptian gods, totally real? Like we're diving into that lore. I want this. I don't think this will happen. And the reason I say, I don't think this will happen is, and, and we talked about this before. We've been burned a lot by these sort of theories. I would love if in the last episode, they make it all seem like it was just like a fever dream. None of it's real. Steve was imagining this the whole time. There's nobody named Layla. He's never worked in a music. Like, go all out with it and just have him, like, in a, like, mental place. You know what I mean? Like, uh, have him getting help from a therapist, all this, saying, like, you're not a superhero. Uh, you just put on your bed sheet sometimes and pretend like you are. Give me that. I don't think they yeah. will. And, and we'll talk about later in this episode that it pretty much confirms that all of this is real, all of this is happening. We will probably get psychological elements still because that's just the character of Moon Knight, Stephen Grant, 
Mark Spector, Jake Lockley, <laughs> all of these identities all wrapped into one. And Mr. Knight, I didn't even say that, who we get to in a bit. But yeah, so I, I just thought that was an interesting uh, uh, moment that you guys uh, talked about back then, because honestly, I really want to see more of these psychological kind of thriller horror aspects, because that's something we haven't really seen in the MCU. I mean, we've, we're getting like little tastes of it in some of these shows. But I mean, it, I think what helps Moon Knight is that he's not so interconnected with the MCU at large. So they can kind of take creative liberties with how they create this show. So I really enjoyed those types of aspects. But um, you mentioned that scene that he goes into the locker. I, I will say there is some like strange editing and I, they're they're trying to make it seem like this is a really freaky psychological thing that's happening but there's this one moment that just seems so out of place and it's they like do a freeze frame when when uh steven grant is like screaming and it's like <laughs> it's, it's jarring yeah. what is happening here <laughs> it's just it's super crazy and, and like it's so unintentionally funny yeah <laughs> that was really the only moment that kind of took me out of it like the rest of it the lighting like Kanchu, like kind of going in and out like everywhere that all looked really cool but that moment i was just like <laughs> wait a minute what what is so this? so i had insomnia when i watched this i had insomnia so i actually caught it the night it premiered and I'm at like at like 3 a.m. watching this, <laughs> and I thought my phone froze because the audio still goes, but he kind of mm -hmm, freezes mm -hmm. like, ah. and I'm like, I know, yeah, oh, it was well, that, that kind of that ruined it was super weird. <laughs> it just kept going. I was like, okay. Also, this is something we haven't seen in the MCU before. So, like, I mean, props to them for trying something different. So, I I appreciated that, and hopefully, looking forward to more of those kind of psychological moments. But all right, continue breaking down the episode. Yeah, so then um, as he's like running for his life from Kanchu, um, because he believes he's in you know mortal danger, he's trying to figure out what's going on, uh, he sort of gets hit on the street by a car, or, or not really hit, but like almost hit. Uh, he stumbles and falls, and lo and behold, there's Layla. Uh, and she basically says like, hop on, we're going for a ride. And uh, they go for a quick zip and he learns that Layla is none other than his wife or at least Mark Spector's wife. Um, and the whole time she's like, you can drop the act. You don't have to talk like this. I hate your stupid accent. Um, just just imagine so like, if like some random chick, Zane, I'm going to direct this to you. What if some random chick showed up at your doorstep and was like, I'm your wife. Like, what are you talking about? Like, get out here. We're going back to my, our house. Like, can you quit the Northern Minnesotan accent? Knock it off, Zane. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'd be pretty weird about it, but at the same time too, it'd just be like, I mean, this was the easiest way of getting a wife ever. So, I mean, I guess, <laughs> like, I guess I'll go All right, with you. Man. Well, I guess if you say that, that I'm your husband, then here, here we go. Zane's, Apparently you know more than Zane's I do. all about so. having dissociative yeah. identity disorder. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. I love oh that. Gosh. All right. Never change. Never change. All right. Continue. Mark ends up taking Layla back to his apartment or not Mark, Steve. Uh, and he just explains to her, like, listen, I know you think I'm this person. I have a life. Like, this is the apartment that I rent. Uh, it was, I believe he even says, like, it's his mother's apartment. Am I remembering that correctly? Um, and he talks about, like, his whole life. And he shows her his stuff. And she says, you know, oh, you, you're learning French and hieroglyphics. They recite the poem together. And he says, that's my favorite poem. And she says, no, that's mine. Um, and so clearly, like, there are remnants of Mark's life that are bleeding into Steven's personality, right? There's little bits of pieces to indicate like, this isn't all crazy. There is that part of him still in there. Um, and while this is all happening, he says, no, you know, you take the scarab, I trust you. Uh, you find out that they're getting a divorce and somebody knocks on the door and he believes it to be the police. Uh, and they basically search his place, say, you know, we need this scarab, and they try to round him up. Um, immediately, I knew this was not the police because they refer to each other as Billy and Bobby, um, which are two of my favorite characters from Ooh, Moon Knight. Okay. Uh, you guys got to go read that run. Nice. It's very good. Um, and so I was like, oh, no, it's going to get so bad. <laughs> um, anything you guys want to touch on on this section before we kick off to, like, the main action of the, the bit? 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I feel like a lot of that was just transition over. Like, it, yeah, it kind of set stuff up. It set up everything for the third act. So they get to uh, this mysterious location where these two fake police officers sort of drop him off. And you find this interesting scene where Mark is trying to wrestle control from Steve in this situation that they're in. He realizes, like, oh, no, all of these people have the same tattoo. They all are clearly working for Emma. Um and, and Mark is like full on like, man, give me the reins. I'll get us out of this. We'll be fine. And you even see Conchu for a bit here like, listen, idiot, like you're going to die if we don't <laughs> fix this quickly. Uh, and Mark or not Mark, Steve says like, no, you know, I, I saw what you guys did last time. I'm never letting you do that to me again. Like that blood is on my hands. And while he's having this internal struggle, uh, we see, um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I just want to say Ethan Hart. Arthur, Arthur His character Harrow. exists nowhere. But Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow. He, uh, Harrow shows up and says like, hey, listen, you don't have to listen to him anymore. Um, I used to be his avatar and he left me out to dry. We don't really know what happened there. And he's like, you just ignore him. He's fine. Let's go have this conversation. So he shows him the compound, sort of explains the theory behind what he's of doing. Of all the creepy people, like basically robots, like doing like just random daily activities and <laughs> super creepy talk about okay talk about like like jarring moments i don't know if they like were trying to do that on purpose or if it was just bad acting it was like the most like people pretending to be yeah, humans I've yeah ever seen. right uh it was weird I, I thought that was eerie and i i think that's what they were going for i thought they were trying to be creepy yeah so he, you know, explains like these people live in harmony because they willingly submitted themselves to this sort of judgment. Uh, and he sort of explains the whole plot of what Moon Knight is going to be about, which is they're trying to release Amut from her prison, right? That's the whole deal of, behind this. And they need the scarab to find the way to wherever she's sealed, right? While this is going on, obviously Kanchu is trying to wrestle for control. Mark won't allow him to. And then he sort of gets it, right? He has this dawning moment of like, you can't kill people before they've committed a crime, right? That's not justice. That's that's something wholly different. And it's evil, ultimately. Um, and so he tries to fight back. Layla kind of breaks into the scene and saves him. And the whole time she's yelling like, put on the suit, put on the <laughs> He's suit. He's like, what? Um, and we as fans know, but yeah, Steve is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um and then it sort of becomes this make or break moment where like he has to do something. Either he puts Mark in charge or they're going to die. And he basically says like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I guess we're just going to die. Uh, he gets launched out the window by this. I believe it's the Jackal right at this point as busted loose and is. So the Jackal throws him out the window and we get the heroic landing. And it is none other than the Mr. Knight. That suit. was and he immediately falls That up. was a wild <laughs> reveal. I was not expecting that at all. I thought we were going to have to wait till later in this series to get that suit for sure. So So now that we're here, right? We have the the Mr. Knight suit. Obviously the fight breaks out. It's a little comical more so than it is like BA. How did you guys feel about this? Cuz this seems to be the thing that the internet is like tearing each other right. to shreds over. Let's start with you, Zane. I don't know. So I'm kind of on the other side of the internet on this is sure. Stephen Grant bothered me <laughs> so much in this episode. Yeah. I'm okay. I, I'm on that side. That, mm. Yeah. And, okay. and here's why. Because, I, you know, I was watching this and don't get me wrong. Like, I like the fight. The end stuff was cool. It, it took me a while to figure out, like, why? Why does this bug me so much? And it finally started to dawn on me is because you watch enough anime and you begin to realize that there's a trope in anime where yeah. the main protagonist is just that early on, they're like, I'm just going to cry and the evil's going to disappear. They, The reluctant <laughs> hero. It's like that, Deku that, Syndrome, yeah? Exactly. And that's yeah. exactly what I was like. This <laughs> is the first season of My Hero Academia, and this is Deku. And I'm oh like, I gosh. hate this so much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there, it's like, bro you gave control to Mark Spector and he just beat down this jackal. Like if I had some personality that was like, Hey, just give me control and we're going to go beat the crap out of this werewolf chasing <laughs> you. I'm not going to say no. Like, I'm not gonna be like, no, that. you're a bad person. Yeah. They're like, no, like get me out of here. <laughs> like, right. And I was just like, yeah. are you kidding? And then, and then of course it got, then the Mr. Night suit and you're like, okay, 
and at first you're like, what's he going to do? Like, okay, this clown just got this cool suit it, like this undeserving. And then of course it goes into the, all right, we're going to dukes up on it. <laughs> I had to, ch- I had to chuckle that at that. I was like, okay, yeah. like, like this is okay. I could see Steve doing that. <laughs> like, all right, we're going to get this false moxie and bravado because he got this cool suit. But then you, you still got that instance. Then it's just like, all right, the jackal's just still just beating just the crap beating out, the of crap out of you. Cause, <laughs> Cause you have this cool suit, but you have no idea what to do with it. And I was like, oh, okay, that that's kind of funny. But like just in general, then at the end of that episode, when it flips again, granted I'm, I'm jumping a little bit here with Steve yeah. back in the reflection on the mirror. I'm just like, I'd be fine if the rest of this series, Steve just stayed in the reflection <laughs> and, just, and, still, yells and just yells yeah. at Mark. Cause I'm just like, bro, I, I, I need space for me right now. You bothered me this entire episode. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much where you're at Zane. I know nothing about anime, but so everything you said with that went way over my head, but I was pretty much how you described. Like I, I was like a little annoyed with him throughout this episode, but you do start to see him come around. Like you were saying, Jared, like right. in that conversation with uh, Arthur Harrow, he's like, wait, that's not right. Like you can't do that. And he's finally, you kind of start to see the cogs like ticking in his head as like, Hey, you know what? Like I, I maybe this Mark guy and the moon Knight persona, maybe they're onto something. So he, he gets the Mr. Knight skin or skin. I'm, I'm playing too much. Costume, which the costume looks incredible. Looks incredible. Fantastic. Here's yeah. the thing that I was going to like, because Jarrett, obviously, Mr. Knight is, like, the BA, like, detective, like, very slick, smooth, like, and I I don't read Moon Knight comics, but the comics that I have read that Mr. Knight is, like, a secondary character in, he's a fantastic character. I absolutely love reading, like, the Mr. Knight, like, persona. So that was my thing. I was like, oh, this, like, derpy like English dude now is in this Mr. Knight suit. Like that doesn't fit at all. So I was like a little annoyed, but I can see where they're heading with it. So I'm, I'm not like against it. And I think he will come into his own by the end of the series as Mr. Knight. So I'm really excited to see that. But at the same time, I was getting the same vibes as you Zane. I was like, Oh man, like, come on, dude. Like this, this like little weak, dude is just supposed to be this awesome BA character. Now it just, it didn't really add up, but I think, I think by the end of this series, we'll see kind of all of the personas kind of mesh together and, and be cool in their own way. And, and I know you mentioned Jarrett too, that like Jake Langley is usually kind of a Mr. Knight persona person or whatever. Do you think we're going to see Jake Langley in this uh, in this show? Lockley. Lockley, sorry. Lockley. I want to so bad. And I want him to have the... I want him to have the Mr. Knight suit. So, it, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so that's what I it's was going to ask. Because, because obviously that's a little bit of a deviation. Because it kind of fits his character more so than Stephen Grant's character. So... Like, what do you what do you think about Stephen Grant being Mr. Knight instead of Jake Lockley? It's okay. So on the one hand, I kind of like the slapstick nature of it a little bit to some degree. I do think they way overdo it. Um, But like that is kind of Moon Knight a little bit. He's not like Daredevil level of slapstick, but like he cracks joke. Like he went to a strip club to beat up these drug dealers and then like was cracking jokes with Spider-Man about like, Oh yeah, sorry. They all thought it was you. Cause I dressed like you. <laughs> um, and so he's a little quippy, right? They, they do take this too far. If you want any advice on like trying to figure out why people are so frustrated with this Mr. Knight thing, go read Warren Ellis's Moon Knight. I think it's issue two or three. They have this whole fight scene. If you've watched Daredevil and you've seen like the infamous hallway scene, he essentially does this throughout an entire comic book where he fights his way up this giant, like, apartment complex, just, like, viscerally beating the crap out of these people because they kidnapped a little girl. And it is the most, like, brutal, like, 12 or 13 pages of comic books I've ever read. Like, it's violent as heck. And so to go to from that to, like, this super derpy Mr. Knight is jarring. 
Am I going to freak out over this? No, I still, I'm still in love with the series. I think it'll get better. I hope, I hope they tone back some of this TV stuff now. I think the thing that people are saying is like, this absolutely ruins the character. We can't have Moon Knight anymore. The next scene, we get Mark with his suit and he full on just like leads this werewolf on a chase and then wrecks this thing by piercing yeah, it on a that building. That was wild. It is the most like Moon Knight stuff I have ever seen. So it softens the blow for me a little bit. I'm not boycotting this series. I'm not going to go throw a tantrum on Twitter because we immediately got everything we asked for in like the next two minutes of the film. So like what a what a jarring transition, though, to go from derpy Mr. Knight to (laughs) Moon Knight, who is just brutally wrecking people. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He destroyed. It was so good. Yeah. It is jarring. And like the Stevie stuff. And I don't know why Layla is so chill with this dude. <laughs> like yeah. she knows the like well-polished, like B.A. Oscar Isaac. And then she's got to deal with like Steve who's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have a ridiculous Cockney <laughs> accent for no reason. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, a bit oh jarring, isn't it? <laughs> and then uh, uh, I think that I really like the scene with them sort of having that conversation with the mirror and conscious in the background, like, listen, you can't change our deal. I think the dichotomy of this is sort of the only time that you see any seriousness come out of Steve is he's like panicking because he thinks he's going to be trapped inside this mirror forever, which to some degree he may be, but like that back and forth between them, this is what I wanted from the series. This like emotional wrestling and him really struggling with like, who am I at the end of the day? How much of myself am I willing to relinquish for this like childlike personality, sort of like his bottled up innocence that he has to split off from this detached like serial killer. Essentially, that's what Moon Knight is. So I thought the scene following that was much better and it sort of redeemed the things that we saw with Goofy Steve. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, no, I, I feel very much the same. It, like the the transition from goofy slapstick humor to like all of a sudden getting very serious is a little bit jarring but like it i feel like that serious tone in those last few minutes of of episode two really is like it's it got me very very interested in you know waiting for episode three so yeah i'm fully on board with this um One thing I want to go back to before we kind of close out this episode with our ratings here is the conversation that Stephen has with um, Arthur Harrow, Uh, because this is this is like I I feel like this is a relatively well-crafted villain trope, if you want to call it that, like. It's not your typical like, oh, I'm a bad guy and I'm going to go do bad things type of thing. You know, like these guys actually believe that they're doing good. It's kind of like you get that like almost a Thanos um, complex. Like they think they're doing good for the world by like judging people, uh, you know, with the whatever his cane of Ahmed or I don't know what it's called. But I mean, he slaps this on these people and if they're bad people he just kills them right off the bat and he's like ah, you're not gonna do anything good in life so we're gonna get rid of you so he's making he's making the same argument that nick fury made in in civil war or not civil war in uh, winter soldier which is like listen bad things are happening quicker than we can respond to if we can preemptively stop the bad things from happening isn't that better than letting people suffer it's like that idea of like if i was to go back in time would i stop baby hitler exactly like by any means necessary. And he and so Harrow is making the argument that like, yeah, dude, stop baby Hitler. Right. Like by yeah. any means necessary. And Moon Knight's like, he's a kid. You know what I mean? He's at this point, there's no blood on his hands. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation. The TVA is about to just kick Jared's door in <laughs> and just prune his timeline. It's <laughs> <Just> like, what? <laughs> so interesting parallel that I thought of immediately when they're having this conversation is Civil War Two. So like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have read that. I know, Jared, you mentioned that you had read this comic. Have you read this one, Zane? Not so, two. okay. Not Civil two. War Two is the premise is basically Captain Marvel um, gets a hold of this mutant who can see the future. And she basically is like, all right, we're going to use this to arrest people that are going to commit crimes in the future. 
So obviously that's. I think he's an inhuman. You might be right. Yeah, I'm I think the, you're. I'm I think thinking, you're right. I'm grasping at straws. So, <laughs> so it's the plot of Minority Report. Yes, that is exactly what um, pop culture Abby, one of our uh, TikTok friends, mentioned on on the TikTok that I made. So yeah, it's basically basically that. But anyways, um, so that that was the parallel that I saw immediately, like Captain Marvel, and just I I haven't read Captain Marvel enough to get a sense of her character before this, but this comic made me hate her in this comic. Like she's an absolute douche in this comic. <laughs> I do not like her at all. So Scott Higo would probably be really upset with me if he was listening to this episode. <laughs> but um but yeah this this man she just she becomes a bad guy immediately to me um in that because I mean and it's a little bit less severe because like she's just arresting people. She's not like straight up murdering them like Arthur Harrow is to these people that that okay so you mentioned too do you go back in time and kill baby Hitler yes he killed millions and millions of people what about a person that just kills one person do you go back and kill them before they kill that person you know like where, where's the line that you draw of you know killing murdering that person versus letting them potentially murder that other person. And then the whole dilemma in Captain Marvel is like, they, is that future certain? Like, are they actually going well, to do that? Yeah. You, are you arresting them because they're potentially going to do that? Or are you arresting them because they're going to do that for sure? And obviously in this, well, and the common thing too, in civil war too, is like, they, they meet the fate that they're trying to avoid. Right. In the process of exactly. trying to avoid. So every action that she takes creates the future that she's like, oh, this cannot exactly. be allowed to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, she basically brings about, you know, what they didn't want to happen. So, yeah. And and I don't know. I just thought that parallel was very, very interesting. And obviously, you know, Captain Marvel is a good guy and Arthur Harrow is a bad guy and they're doing it very differently. But I just thought that was an interesting parallel immediately thought of that when when they were having that conversation but man that that was my favorite part go read comics yeah kids. go read comics for sure <laughs> that was my favorite part of this episode honestly that episode or that moment because you can just see steven who up until this point has been oblivious and not only oblivious he's been completely opposite trying to stop mark specter and moon knight and conchu and whatever they're trying to do and then he finally like starts to see like oh this guy's a bad guy. This guy sucks. I should probably actually listen to these guys. <laughs> so, well, especially since he, he applies that same thing like we were just talking about, how as he's hit, having that conversation, uh, even as Arthur Harrow's just like, you, you know, stop the evil. And then Steve actually hits him with that question. Well, what if it's a kid? The kid has no idea it's exactly, going to commit exactly, evil. Yeah. And like that, yeah, that's where that gear shift started to occur because, yeah, it started on him like, you can't, the kid's never made the choice. Like, the kid doesn't even know. Yeah. Like, how can you kill that person? Right. Moral dilemmas, man. Crazy. We're getting deep on the Infinity Bros podcast tonight. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> All right, guys. Moment of truth. Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to go with you, Zane, first. What is your rating of episode two of Moon Knight? Well, before I go into my rating, can I just throw in two more comments of just things I noticed from that last? So the first thing I noticed, did you guys notice the comic book reference in this episode? Uh, it depends on which one you're talking about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This well, whole thing well, is no, comic no, reference. Well, no, 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 like, like, like not the, the actual, like sure. referencing a specific episode or ep uh, issue of a comic book. When he does the, when he does the jump or that's what I've noticed. So when they're fighting and the jackal has him backed up against the bus, the numbers on the bus is WBN 0032. The first appearance of Moon Knight is Werewolf, Werewolf by, by Night. Night 32. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Hey. So I was like, go. okay, that's kind of a cool, cool little Easter egg. So this is this is another like, hey, Easter egg with there. In both of the first two episodes, uh, there are specific moments during the episode that there is a barcode that are a QR, yeah, QR, QR code, code on yep. the wall that you can scan and it leads you Marvel Unlimited to a free Moon Knight comic. So make sure you go back. Which is also really yeah, cool. Go back, yep. uh, get the Get pause, hit pause on Disney Plus when those QR codes come up and make sure you go check those out. Right. And my second thing, like this is just more of a dumb thing that just popped in the back of my head as the episode was ending. So like I just remember that this whole conversation of how the like the director was just like um, mad that 
Egypt isn't portrayed right, uh, you know, in a lot of like cinema and stuff. It's just like Egypt just isn't is a isn't just a desert. I want to portray all this. And I was, that popped in the back of my head just as the final like pickup shot of this episode was happening. And the first shot the is desert. the Giza, <laughs> the, the pyramids and the desert. And I was just like, that, that's your first that's, introduction uh, of Egypt is the pyramids uh, and the desert. <laughs> now granted it pans and you see the buildings in the mm. foreground, but I was just like, yeah, yeah, no, Egypt isn't just a desert. The first time we see Egypt desert, <laughs> desert pyramids. pyramids. And I was like, okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I got a chuckle out of that. Very nice. To go into my rating, um, I think I got to go five. Like, I can't go six because, like I said, Stephen Grant just ticked me off so much this episode. But everything, it's so good. The the whole, you know, the, the discussion they have, the dilemma of, like, you can't kill a kid. Even the, the whole fight scene, you got Moon Knight just got spearing this jackal and stuff. So much cool stuff happened. But I got to give it a five because Stephen Grant bothered me so much. So yeah. Five. So for me, I think he still bothered me, but it was to a lesser degree to what you're thinking of. So I, I will go 5.5. I think I would rate the first episode of six out of six. I had really, really enjoyed sure. that first episode. 5.5 for this episode, just with the weird, like goofy Mr. Knight slapstick humor transition to the crazy, like <laughs> serial killer Mark Spector Moon Knight was just a, it was a crazy transition and still looking forward to everything the series has to offer. And I, I think it's almost already my favorite Marvel, uh, like Disney plus series. Like it's, it's up there. It's probably like top three already. So it's, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of it, but I'll give this one a 5.5. Jarrett, what was your rating of this episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting with you guys. I'm at a 5.5. I think it was fantastic. I did get pulled out a little bit with some of the Mr. Knight stuff and how goofy he was. Um, but they brought it back for me. I think the fight scene at the end really pulled it out and some of the conversations that they, that they had. And then this is the, this is the reference I thought you were making. There is a series of covers, um, from Declan Shelby for, I believe La Myers run. I could be wrong on that. Um, where it's all of the different Moon Knight suits in the same position, like jumping off of this rooftop he does that pose. That's why it kind of like dramatically zooms out a little bit when that werewolf's chasing him. Um, and I have those in here somewhere. No, they're in my other room. But I thought that was so cool. I'm such I like I'm a kid yeah. at the candy store. Man. I mean, this is all Marvel my jam. does such a great job with this with all of their properties. Just sprinkling little Easter eggs in there for the the comic book fans, for even like any Marvel fans. Like at this point like they're almost sprinkling in i mean they're have this massive library of stuff they can sprinkle in other stuff from earlier movies like the amount of easter eggs and fan service that they put in each and every episode is just amazing so yeah awesome and definitely looking forward to to more moon night so keep looking forward to um weekly spoiler episodes we're gonna get as much out of this as we can with Jarrett uh being a huge huge Moon Knight fan Jarrett's probably gonna be on every uh spoiler episode that we have for the next four weeks I'm gonna so, try yeah I'm gonna force myself <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be wild <laughs> any other comments we have guys about uh Moon Knight episode two before we close out the episode go read a go read a Moon Knight comic I I am definitely prompted to because like I said I've I've read Moon Knight, mostly Mr. Knight, I feel like in recent stuff um, in like comics that have team ups and stuff like that. And I absolutely love his character in those comics. So definitely. If you're not reading. So first of all, read Chip Chip Zdarsky. I don't know how you say his last name. Read his Daredevil stuff because you should be reading Devil's Reign right now and the Moon Knight run from that and read literally anything you can get your hands on of Jed McKay. He is killing it right now with Moon Knight. It is, oh, he might be my favorite Moon Knight writer, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Go read There it is, kids. Go read your comic books. Um, Check out Marvel Unlimited, Comixology. Probably Marvel Unlimited now because the Comixology app is super duper messed up since they did the last update. And you get a Marvel Unlimited subscription with uh, Game Pass. Pass. Yeah, if you have have Game Pass and you have never, um, I think it's only to first subscribers because I tried to check it out and I wasn't 
able to for some reason unless that's just like messed up on my end but three months of marvel unlimited that's like i think a 30 dollar value i think it's like 10 bucks a month right something like that so if you have game pass make sure to go check that out it might even like you but you buy one month of game pass if you're a psychopath you could read all of them <laughs> but like one month of game pass is like 15 bucks so just buy that then you have three months of marvel unlimited so make sure you check that out well, guys, it has been an episode. Uh, Zane, thank you so much for being uh, the Infinity Guest on the Infinity Bros Podcast. <laughs> Happy to be here. You know, always a good time. Jarrett, thank you so much for your expertise on Moon Knight. We are definitely digging it and appreciating it with this series. I'm having a blast. I think uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see where they're going, and I will be locked in for awesome. the whole ride. So. If you guys want to hear more from the Infinity Bros, you can check out our Twitch channel, we're streaming Monday through Thursdays. You can go to theinfinitybros.com. Follow us on all of our socials. And, you know, you can check us out on TikTok or YouTube. But that's where we post other content that we sometimes don't get around to sharing to other socials. So make sure you check all of those out. And thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast experience. We love you, 3000. Have an amazing day or week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>